the UTMSUs, they don't want to be held accountable. They're very big on their image, so they want to make they look as good as possible all the time. There's a fine line between representing students and representing your business. Our clubs and stuff are not able to thrive because of all of this bureaucracy and miscommunication. If that doesn't speak to your character, then I don't know what does. If you're that low and you think so highly of yourself, how can you be empathetic or representative of thousands of students? Okay, okay, okay. I know we want to get into the juicy hot tea. I get it. Give me one second. I just want to say, by the way, it's Liz. Hello. If you're new, hello, welcome. This is our hectic podcast here at The Medium, but thank you for 25 episodes. I'm so grateful. I'm so happy. We're almost at a thousand listens. If we get to a thousand with this episode, it's going to make 25 hours of content very much worth it, even though it's worth it nonetheless. But thank you for your time, even if you've listened to five minutes, I literally appreciate you so much. Um, Today's episode is super insanely juicy as well. Today we came out with our final issue of The Medium, available on themedium.ca today and on stands on campus tomorrow. Please check it out, there's some great articles. A very thoughtful goodbye from our current editor-in-chief and managing editor, Paula and Ali. I read their piece, was in tears. Also some exciting announcements like the incoming masthead, of which I'm part of in a very exciting position. Go take a look at that. Um, But I will be back next year, so make sure you add us on Instagram, The Message GTM, to keep up with the newest episodes in September. Thank you for your time again. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to Ali and Paula for trusting me with this process, this experience. Thank you for 25 beautiful episodes that were definitely all over the place, but that I'm still very proud of. I wish you the best this summer. I wish you the best the last three weeks of the term i hope you enjoy um the beautiful weather as it sets in and i hope you really have a wonderful summer i know i already said that but i'm gonna say it again okay okay let's get into the episode i'm so sorry for holding you back for a minute thank you again love to all xoxo gossip i'm joking like literally don't know what to say bye-bye i'm not cutting anything you know i don't edit these right like (laughs) okay 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 final episode it might as well be hectic what is anyone else coming yeah, Vera's coming in 20 minutes because she's from uh, as well. Vera. What? I'm it's fine. Fun. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. Oh, wait. Hello. Wait, yeah, go. Can, can I say hello? Yeah, go, go, go. Okay. Hello, everyone. Today's a hectic day. We're having we're printing our final issue tomorrow, so everyone's quite behind, but that's okay. Um, welcome to episode 25, final episode of Ooh. the year, not of forever, of the year. Um, here I have Aya, Sarah and Ali who have all been here before so no need for introductions Ali's about to like run off as he Mm -hmm. usually does but he wants to give us a little spiel about UTMSU first so you can have the floor thank you so much please have it so basically I have no notes in front of me this is all coming from memory this is all this is not legally binding um I can't be sued for this take it with a pile of salt speech (laughs) this is satirical (laughs) this is fiction I'm making oh all God. this up. None of this is real. None of this is based off of facts. <laughs> Shut up. Um, disclaimer, nothing that I'm about to say is based on the truth or reality. Also, disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer, we work in the same building as the UTMSU, so we don't know anything that goes on. We don't know anything about, like, I, I am making all this up. I had a dream, and I'm telling you guys mm. my dream. I had a crazy dream last night. The amount of is hilarious. I had a really crazy dream last night. And um, it had to do with the medium and the UTMSU. 
and my undergrad experience dealing with the UTMSU and just hearing a, a lot of gossip and stories about the UTMSU. So when I was a news editor for the medium, um, we were we were in the dream. We mm. were um, covering the AGM, which is the annual general meeting. And in the annual general meeting, um, they were voting on online voting to see whether students support that. What year was this? This was 2018, mm -hmm. I believe, 2018. And so we went to the event, the AGM, and there was, there was a rumor going around that the UTMSU had told their volunteers to go to the AGM um, and vote for like support their side mm -hmm. of the motion. Yeah. So while we were in the AGM, there was like a group of students who had drafted the, the uh, motion to include online voting um, okay. moving forward. But every time like a person who would speak for the motion, they were like the same three people who would speak for the motion. There'd be like 20 people who are speaking against it. And they were all either a volunteer or, um, or a executive. Or like so they didn't want the online voting. They did not want online voting. Why do you think that? Well, in your dream, in, what, what did you dream, think? I think it's because um, they have a really specific system that they use when it's in-person voting, where they they intimidate students and they're like always trying to get people to vote. They're pushing them towards the booths. Towards um, and in the dream, they could possibly be even, um, you know, stuffing ballots, who knows? Yep. Stuffing ballot boxes. Um, but that's all in my dream. Anyway, going back to the other part of my dream, mm -hmm. the AGM. So it was really tough for people to speak about the motion in favor because most most of the people there were against it and the rumor was flying around that their volunteers were there to help sway it a bit more um so i went to the volunteers coordinator who is currently the president of utmsu won't name names mm -hmm. um and i was like hey i heard a rumor that volunteers were invited to uh, vote for motions in the agm and she was like, oh no, we just told them to come by and just come to the event. And mm -hmm. mind you, I was around like five other people and mm -hmm. we, it was just a, a Q and A thing. Like I, I identified myself. Yeah, I and also place. people should note that Ali was the editor of news and what we do is we go to these events, we ask questions and then we write articles about it mm -hmm. as a reporter would do. Continue. Yes, you, you have to ask questions. You have to get to the mm -hmm. truth. So. Um, she was like, no, no, that's not what happened. And I was like, okay, could you show me a WhatsApp message or like an email that you sent out telling people to come by? And she was like, let me just go speak to the president um, and I'll come right back. So she go, I'm like, yeah, sure, go for it. So she goes and then 15 minutes pass, <laughs> 15 minutes pass and no one shows up. So I'm like, okay, whatever, she's gone. So I leave. And then the president at the time, his name's Atif, he's the greatest person I've ever met. He uh, emails, it was either him or the executive director at the time, 
Minib Sajad, who's the husband of Noor Alidib, mm. who's the executive director this year. <laughs> Do with that information what you wish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, we got an email, the editor-in-chief at the time for the newspaper. Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Namud. He got an email and they were like, um, your news editor harassed mm. our volunteers coordinator. She was cornered. And then he also wrote an op-ed dragging us, which we were like, what the heck? Which and we published in our paper. Which we published in our paper. Mm. Anyway, so, so yeah, in the dream, I was basically accused of harassing and um, cornering a, a political figure or whatever you want to say for asking a simple question and trying to get to the root of the matter. Even though volunteers themselves were like, yeah, we were invited and told to support the ETMSU. So that's T number one. Okay, T number um, one, continue. T number two is in my dream. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there was a lot of in-group and like um, nepotism mm -hmm. happening within the UTMSU. And it's like really complicated because it involves like the UTSU downtown, the UTMSU and the UTMSU in Mississauga or at UTM. Um, but basically, Noor Ali Deeb became uh, president and then her fiance at the time became the executive director. Mm -hmm. And then he was involved for a few years and then he quit and she got his job. Mm -hmm. And the rumor in my dream was that the executive director position gets paid over 80K a year. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That's a very big number. Some big bucks right there. That's a lot of money, yeah. right? A lot of my tuition. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wish, like, compared to how much we get paid. Jeez. I know. And the work we um, do. And the work we do. Mm. Um, okay, is that the end of your second? Um, that's the end of my my the second part of my dream. Um, is there a third part? I'm just trying to think. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, okay. So Jeez. Do you, do you guys know the CFS? Yeah. Canadian no. Federation of Students. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. So. This is all conjecture. I have no idea if any of this is real. Um, this is just what I've heard and what I've read on like different things. And it's totally not real whatsoever. And it's mm -hmm. fiction. So this is, there, there's a lot with this. But the CFS is basically the, the largest um, student organization for post-secondary um, like universities and colleges. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it was started in 1982 and it was led by these two individuals, Philip Link and his wife. And I forget her name off the top of my head. Okay. My head. But anyway, so it was Philip Link and his wife and Philip Link had a history of harassing people and um, like beating people up at his previous jobs. He used to work for students unions before he came to the CFS. Um, so he's just a, a terrible person in general. And so he got involved with the CFS and the organization, like right at the onset, and the organization was um, 
it, it, they were like updating their bylaws every year to make it harder and harder for universities to leave the CFS. So if you become a member, there are a lot of different rules that go into voting against the CFS and like leaving the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they're making millions of dollars from students. Everyone knows that. The, the interesting thing is that, um, so there was a hidden bank account that came out in 2014 or 15 or 16. I believe it was 2016, um, but don't fact check me. And basically, um, there, so the CFS has a thing called Travel Cuts, which is one of their subsidiaries. And Travel Cuts provides students with this card that they can get um, discounts for things like traveling. Um, but they were closing down the, the company in early 2010, somewhere around that time. So they shut down the company, but they opened this bank account that had a few, a couple of million dollars in it so that they could like pay fees of some sort and just get things moving. I'm not, I don't remember the details. Um, and so they paid off their fees and that was all fine. They closed the bank account, but then like a, a short while after the bank account opened and and uh, around $240,000 was put into the bank account. Mm-hmm. And this bank account was hidden from everyone. No one knew that it existed. No one in the, in the executive knew. And the executive is made up of like, sort of like young people in their 20s, who I believe are students. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so money was being taken out of, out of it for a few years. And by the time the bank account was found by an auditor for the, for the CFS, um, there was just $20,000 in it left. And so they did a forensic audit. They found out who it was, but they didn't make it public. And they said they cited human resource concerns. So mm-hmm. no one knows who it was. But, excuse me. <coughs> but I was doing some research and um, the CFS usually uses... They use one bank for all of their transactions. I forget mm-hmm. which bank it is, but it is not CIBC because the hidden bank account was opened through CIBC. So they, they use everything with a different bank and the hidden bank account was CIBC. Okay. In a deposition, actually back up one second. So the CFS, they, um, the Philip Lincoln, his wife, um, they basically ran the CFS for like 20 years, or like 30 years. And they were, they were the top dogs. So they were above the executive. And so um, when the hidden bank count came out, it was open through CIBC. And when I was reading one of the depositions that was done by um, um, the CFS was getting the CFS was suing a university. I think it was U of Ottawa because U of Ottawa was trying to leave and the CFS didn't want them to. And mm-hmm. the, the CFS has a long history of suing universities or colleges when they try to mm-hmm. defederate, which is them leaving. So um, Philip Link's wife was in a deposition and the, the lawyer was talking to her and he was like, where's your office? And she gave him an address um, somewhere in Ottawa, I believe. And he was like, so this is your address? And she was like, yeah, how many people work at it? Five people, but they're all like 
she's the she's the highest mm-hmm, level mm-hmm. person and then in a varsity article they they gave the address to the cibc bank that the account was opened at and the transactions were happening at and when i and it was in ottawa and so i checked to see how far philip link's wife's office is from the um account from the bank and it's like a 10 minute walk oh my god and so that is totally like that doesn't really anything it's all speculation but Mm -hmm. it's very interesting that the same bank that had that money is so close to okay so why would a university want to leave a cfs leave the cfs um the main reasons in the past have been that the cfs doesn't really do anything um, and they don't do anything for students they're mostly just so the cfs has like a bunch of different things that they do they that they say they do they do advocacy um, campaigns and services and they're really big on their advocacy and campaigns so like one of the campaigns would be fight the fees Um, but isn't that the same thing that the utmsu does Here's the really interesting Which they part. also don't do anything. <laughs> they just so, say they do. Exactly. And the thing about the UTMSU and really any, um, so the rumor that I heard was that the CFS, this is all conjecture. Mm-hmm. The CFS sends um, representatives and like they build um, slates and teams to run and get hired in student unions so that they can have leeway and power to be able to manipulate things. And I spoke to a gentleman a couple of years ago who was heavily involved with the CFS. He, he had like a couple of positions with them um, and he worked closely with Philip Link and his wife. And um, he said that, he said that the, the CFS does that outright. He was like, I know people in different student students who have been hired as executive directors and they're like in their 30s and they just do they just like are sort of puppet okay. masters. Okay so this isn't this isn't like the Mitra position this isn't president this is the this is above that speculated eighty thousand dollars a year position. Yes exactly okay. so wow if they can get someone in the executive director position then the executive director stays for a few years while mm-hmm. the executive keeps changing every year. And the executive director sort of like oversees the ship. Mm-hmm. He over yeah, he or she oversees the executive. Um, and they make sure that the CFS is like involved and present and their their messaging is getting out there too. Wow. So yeah, it's it's very it's like a whole spider web mm-hmm. of conjecture and dreams and <laughs> things and fiction. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Okay. And that's that's just what I can say off the top of my head. Okay, before you go real quick, um, mm-hmm. what is a student union supposed to do? Like, let's say everything was flowers and rainbows. What is a student mm-hmm. union supposed to do? That's a good question. For the student, other than free I think- breakfast, because I generally can live without that. <laughs> I, I live by the free breakfast. What are you talking about? I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, I think... I think the UTMSU has a couple of million dollars and I just don't think it's needed. Like, I think a student union is good, 
their mandates good, but they should be they should be shrunk down. Like there's way too many people involved. It's super bloated. Um, like they say they're working full time, but what are they really doing? And also they're students. And like, if you're gonna be advocating for students' rights or whatever, the administration's not gonna take you that seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, in, in when if things are sunshine and rainbow, rainbows, I'd say that a student union is um, an organization that advocates for students on, on campus and they're very level-headed. So like mm-hmm. they, they're just like, they're just the voice for students. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say this. It's like the thing with the UTMSUs is that is that they're kind of like children. They're they're not really responsible with with the power that they have, um, and I, I I personally don't think that um, many people are in it for the right reasons. It's mm-hmm. more like you get a really nice paycheck and you get chosen by um, whoever's making the team to mm-hmm. run. Um, so it's like, they're kind of just, it's just every slate's just coasting by until the end of the year and saying they're doing stuff, but they're not really doing, anything. Not doing anything. And there's no transparency. They're not talking with anyone about things. Um, yeah. Okay. They're not being responsible with, with their- Okay, time. wait, last question. Final, final Yeah, question. please go ahead. Do you think that next year the medium should consider covering more UTMSU related things? Or do you think that it's the same shit every year and we should just step back and there's nothing we can do? Mm. Mm. I'd say it's like the UTMSU is just, they don't want to be held accountable. They, mm-hmm. They're like a, they're very big on their image. So they want to make sure they look as good as possible all the time. So I'd say that if whoever's running the medium next year, they they just need to like be on top of the UTMSU because mm-hmm. the UTMSU isn't just going to be um, forthcoming. Mm-hmm. They need someone to hold them to a tight leash. And, mm-hmm. and that doesn't even mean like trashing it, the UTMSU. Yeah, it just, it just means, means keeping your ear really close to the ground. Mm-hmm. trying to get to all their meetings as much as possible, even when they don't advertise them or they don't tell you. So it's just a lot. It's really about the news editor, like trying their best to mm-hmm. figure out what's going on with UTMSU when they're so quiet about everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to go finish your articles? Yes, please. Okay. Bye. I, Thank you for so coming. Great. It was so great talking about this fictional fictional story. story and the dream that i had last <laughs> night and okay. it was great okay uh, have fun bye. thank you bye. 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 bye okay so before vera comes i want to do ut mac because sarah's here and i you can give us your real life reactions because here's the tea so currently there's an election going on for um ut mac oh it ended Oh my God, I thought this was our opportunity to fight back. I guess not. Okay, it just ended. Did they win? Did Bill Bad? Ba- um, Bill Bad I don't better? know if the results are in yet. I know the campaign period ended on the 26th. Okay. Um, that includes the, the, sorry, the voting period, I believe, on the 26th. Oh, yes, I see that. It did end on the yeah. 26th. And then winners I, announced April 1st. Yeah. Okay, so here's the team. Okay. Now, for the rest of the episode, I want to credit um, 
there's an Instagram account. Like, although they're not, it's run by students, so it's not perfect, but I really enjoy talking to their, to whoever runs it. I have no idea who it is, but I really enjoy talking to them about these topics. Preparing for this episode, it's called Transparent UTMSU. And they recently put out um, uh, a statement pretty much saying that UTMAC um, violated the election bylaws um, by running. Not UTMAC, but the UTM underdogs team, okay? And I don't mind naming names because like, this is a fact. So, um, well, there's actually a few things, few allegations here. The first one is that when they took their pictures, they didn't wear masks, but like, okay, we can get past that. It's okay. Um, Cause they were, they took their pictures in UTM. Now, the other allegation is that in the election procedures manual, which is posted somewhere on the UTMAC website, Hi, Vera. We're just going to finish up UTMAC real quick. Okay. Um, we're going to get back to UTMSU, by the way, in a minute with Vera spilling the tea on the, on the election that just came, that just ended. But in the um, election procedures for UTMAC, it says all candidates must be returning full-time or part-time students for the entirety of their term at, as a UTMAC executive. So Sarah, you know the UTM underdog representatives quite well. So can no, you just, there were exactly. two, two groups running. I've got friends on both sides. So okay. I didn't pick sides or anything, but yes, I do. I do know. So can you confirm whether they're graduating students? So um, I know uh, Mathu quite well. Mm -hmm. I know that both, I know Andreas is gonna be, should be eligible. I can't remember, I think he's running for director of Southern Intramurals. Sag, I'm not sure of, but I know Mathieu did say that he was done um, or supposed to be done last fall, right? Yeah. But he's still taking classes is what he said. Um, and I know there were screenshots of him mm. and someone else running saying that, oh, they're-, they're um, On Twitter. You know, looking, yeah, on Twitter uh, saying that they're, you know, they're looking forward to being the end and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Um, and I also know that a number of people from the other uh, other group uh, running, um, when they realized that they needed to be a student uh, for the Yeah, they withdrew. Yeah, they parents, withdrew their graduation. Yeah. Um, and so I've been doing some, some, some research, um, mm -hmm. looked at the, the forms. Um, I can see how that kind of slipped the crack by a lot of people because if you look at the nomination form right it asks you to show that you were a student for the 2020 2021 mm -hmm. academic year yeah there's nothing about you needing to be a student the following mm -hmm. year unless you do your, your due diligence and you look and at you read the manual yeah okay um that being said so i had a <laughs> talk with my boyfriend about this who is in law um it's kind of and i know i did message i did talk to you about this on uh, on social media too it's kind of it's borderline slander if this uh -huh. had happened during the voting campaign process and it turns out that it isn't true let's say they do decide to come back full-time or whatever it is for the 2021 mm -hmm. 20 year it's slander that's you mean it. the Instagram account, right? Okay, but yes, here's the that's thing. It. No, I'm saying that's only okay. if it's not true. But my my thing with this, um, and I would have said the same thing for, for anyone, 
a lot of people say they're graduating and then don't end up doing it, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, like, if you want to know for sure, okay, that's a Twitter post isn't really proof of anything unless mm-hmm. you can ask him, okay, can you show us your graduation status? And at the end of the day, if it comes out that, you know, he's technically, well, no longer like a student or whatever, he's going to be removed from the position mm-hmm. anyway. Anyway. So I feel like the fault therein lies with the CRO, not mm-hmm. as much as the people campaigning. You know what I'm saying? Having said that, there is an easy way out for the team. You know, all they have to do is just enroll in 0.5 credits, declare part-time, and then pay off their student loans with their fat check that they will get as a UT Mac <laughs> representatives, which is fine. Whatever, you do you. But there's something that's not fair and kind of doesn't sit right with me because I know you're close with them and I totally understand, but Mathieu runs a business, right? He has his own personal business. No, believe me, believe me. I have my own thing. Like I'm not- And I totally see this as him, like this is his opportunity to advertise his business, which he does run out of UTM very often. And it's like, you, there's a fine line between representing students and representing your business, right? So why, why are they called UTM underdogs? His business is called underdogs athletic, athletics, right? So, but I don't think there's more to say to this. I think it's fair to let people decide and make their own opinions. Again, mm-hmm. I know it's late that we're announced, we're putting out this episodes, all these elections are over, but we can't do this kind of discussion during elections because it can turn against us. Now that it's over, we can have an open discussion. We can talk about these. Yeah. Um, another thing, yeah. another thing to realize as well is that that was, to be honest, he's my bro, right? But that was my concern as well with him running to be president of UT Mac and how much of that focus was going to be on the students and not on his uh, his business because. As I, I've said already, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I've been at UTM for a very long time. I've seen a lot of UTMAT groups, a lot of controversies. But that being said, um, we don't know what he's going to do. Um, mm-hmm. And his body of work at UTM is quite, um, and I'm not talking about the business, I'm talking about as an athlete, he's working in the athletic department. Um, he was a camp UFT counselor, head referee, um, tournament convener. So he's worked at almost every level in terms of like UTM mm-hmm. athletics. He's participated in every level from tri-campus to intramurals to varsity. So he knows UTMAC, right? He knows UTM athletics, but I, I agree with you that there's, there's this kind of like how much of his focus is going to be divided. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm poor for me is like, he's definitely the most qualified candidate for that position. But you question how much of that focus will be on his business versus UTM. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I think it's fair to say that like, well, you can, you can speculate and like worry about that, but he's mm-hmm. still qualified for, for, for to run that position. Yeah. And, like, and I would say the same thing about Kushi, who was uh, <laughs> a friend <laughs> who was running mm-hmm. against him president, but yeah. Okay. So with that, you kind of brought up a good point, which is going to lead into our UTMSU conversation earlier. The CRO is complacent with these little, like, you know, you go around the rules and regulations. They, I feel like there's like one girl running it and she doesn't know what's going on. Like, that's the vibe I'm getting. Like, I genuinely don't, they write out these laws and I genuinely think they never look at them because so many laws are broken. 
Um, so yeah. let me just quickly talk about what happened in the recent election. And again, I appreciate the student that runs that account for bringing light to this and messaging the CRO and giving them demerit points. But the thing is, demerit points are nothing. You need 40 demerit points to be disqualified from ever running again. Each uh, Build Back Better candidate got eight, which is nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. It means nothing. Okay. It's just like a, it's just a formality. So here's what happened. So in the recent election for the UTMSU, the same candidate as last year, Mitrea Kubi, I'm probably butchered her name. I'm so sorry. Anyways, she was running for um, UTMSU president again with her team, Build Back Better. I think there's five or six members or eight. I don't know. Anyways, so from my personal experience, I got numerous DMs like, hey, girl, can you talk? Or like, how are you? Like, or literally just sending me like messages upon messages with just like their campaign goals. And like, I'm not interested, right? So pretty much a lot of people complained because it got to the point where they were messaging people on LinkedIn. They were messaging people on WhatsApp, getting their phone numbers, probably off of like some UTMSU database, which is obviously against a lot of ethical things. Um, they were messaging, emailing people on their personal emails that they'd use to, let's say, sign up for the bus pass or something like that. And so um, this student or a group of students that runs this transparency account, whatever, um, they again contacted the CRO and the CRO is, um, oh my God, what do they stand for? The um, Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they gave them eight demerit points each, which, um, you know, there's possibly apparently a fee of $10 per demerit point. Um, but like, other than their reputation being questioned, they're still going to be the, they're still going to run the UTMSU next year. So I want to mention two things before Vera gives us a little, her own perspective on this and kind of, I know she did more research than I did for sure, but or she just knows more because she's our news editor. So she, she definitely does keep her eye to the ground as Ali talked about earlier. Um, but there is a, on the UTMSU website, there's a wall of transparency website, oh, like tab. And on there, they showcase the demerit points and explain that like it was because they were harassing people over email and messenger and et cetera. And now there's like a new rule that pretty much states if someone doesn't follow you back, you're not allowed to message them. Like I didn't follow back any of these representatives that kept messaging me because actually I didn't even follow them. They didn't even follow me. They were just like requesting my messages. So I guess that's a step, but it doesn't mean anything because they were still the only people that we could vote for, right? Like for most positions. So anyways, um, Vera, give us something. Give us the tea. Um, okay, hello. <laughs> um, first of all, I wanna address, they, there was one slate, so they had everyone for all five executive positions mm -hmm. as a team. And then there were only two individual candidates running for one position, which was vice, uh, vice president of equity. Um, so even if an individual candidate were to win, it would be four members from the Build Back Better UTM team and then one uh, individual yeah. candidate. Yeah. Um, so as an overview, um, 
So Transparent UTMSU, we had an interview with them last week, which will be an article this upcoming week. And they kind of describe themselves as a movement or like a come to action rather than an organization. And so they, apparently the members involved did not know each other. They met over Reddit where they were discussing their grievances regarding UTMSU and the election procedure. And they made two main allegations against Build Back Better, UTM and UTMSU in general, uh, which is one is invasion of privacy. Um, when they, for example, when the members messaged people on WhatsApp, how did they get the phone numbers? They don't remember giving it to them or anyone involving anyone involved in the elections. And then the second allegation was harassment. Um, now the election procedure code of the UTMSU had a definition of what harassment is, but it was very vague um, and very restricted at the same time, while the UTMSU policy had the same definition and then, and then some. It involved, it stated that any vexatious act that it warranted until like those, that is harassment. And that is the definition that Transparent UTMSU used to make the allegation of harassment against Build Back Better UTM. Um, so they got a lot of messages from students saying that they were uncomfortable with the messages. They would leave them on red, they would ignore them, they would block accounts, another account would pop up. Mm -hmm. And they just collected all this um, evidence and present it to Juliana Salsa, the chief returning officer in charge of the election. Mm -hmm. um, and we also had an interview with her and Mitria Kubi over email though, they did not have a Zoom interview. So just as a response to the two main allegations I made, uh, Salsa confirmed that, so, Build Back Better UTM, when running for an election, the candidates need to have their campaign material and content approved by the CRO. Mm -hmm. Build Back Better UTM did that. However, that's only limited to campaign material and content, not messages. Mm -hmm. Because online elections, this, this is the first time UTMSU ever had an online election. There was no procedure or regulation specific to that in the election procedure code. So mm -hmm. therefore, members, candidates running were able to find the polls. What they did technically isn't against the rules because mm -hmm. there aren't any rules. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she confirmed that they got um, the approval for campaign materials and content, but she also affirmed the concerns presented by Transparent UTMSU regarding the lack of regulations for online election. Because she stated, I quote, as it stands in the election, um, election procedure code, there are no restrictions regarding what social media slash online platforms can be used for campaigning. Therefore, candidates were not required to get that approved by me. Hmm. Wow. And it's like, you think that they changed their laws to this, like all of our classes have chained their syllabi to like match the online environment. And you'd think that the same would happen for these kinds of organizations. 
So um, since they're representing us next year, what, what are the promises that they always make? They're always the same, never happen. But what are the promises and what should we expect? Because we can't do anything now. Yes, their reputation is tarnished, but they're still representing us next year. Um, so just in response to the questions that we asked Mitra regarding the allegations made against her and her team, um, she did say that they will be working towards improving the election procedure code to include um, online voting procedures and regulations for that kind of stuff and work, she wants it to be more accessible and transparent and democratic, which is a promise. That's interesting because she's the one that broke that promise in the first place, right? Um, hmm. it, it's her team that the allegations are mainly against. There are general allegations made against UTMSU and the previous teams, but it was her team that brought all of this up. Um, I was looking. Yeah, they also want to increase student participation. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm remembering correctly, I think this year was the lowest voting voter turnout there ever was, mm -hmm. which I'm not surprised because of how the votes were done, like how you were able to vote. Instead of using the online portal that University of Toronto has for that St. George voting, uses, yeah. Scarborough uses for elections, they used election buddy. And you would have to go in a Zoom meeting, get a number, wait a couple minutes. Like the whole thing took, some people said it took them like eight minutes. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't, you know, it could be so much easier. We have that portal ready. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to me that they wanted to make the whole process more accessible but didn't do that when they could have this year mm -hmm. yeah julia was julia our photos editor was saying that like it was interesting but like she felt like it was like a trip to like the passport office like it was time like it was time of her day to do all of this so yes mm -hmm. yes sir. anyone ever voted for like like i didn't vote ut mac election I didn't vote, no. I, I didn't vote for any of them because- It's I done online. I could vote, it's, but nothing's gonna change. Yeah. But it's done online for, like I'm talking like UTMAC does it, it's online. And mm -hmm. it's the process is like, I think a lot of St. George clubs do it too. Yeah, it's the voting thing. It's mm -hmm. the, the- Why did they just do that? Maybe it was a way for them to, the thing is, it's actually <laughs> out of the turnout of people. Yes, it was low, it's very low, it was like what? 800 people voted no less like seven seven to eight hundred people voted right they posted the results the percentage of people that voted against is very high like imagine people go into this thing this time-consuming thing to vote and they literally went and voted against like that blows my mind that people took the time to vote against like just as much as they took the time to vote for so I wish I voted um, against, but again, as I, as you said, like, I just didn't feel like it would do anything. So. Yeah, there was actually a 50% decrease in voter turnout. So mm -hmm. in 2020, 14.7% of students participated. And then this year, only 7.5%. Wow. 
I also want to mention that another point that proves that the CRO is complacent with this kind of behavior is the fact that did you guys get eight emails to go vote? Because I got like eight and I was like, like I there got was, it the first time. Like I was like, I got the point. <laughs> like there's no need. <laughs> but yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But yeah. Mm. Vera, do you have anything else before I ask some questions? Uh, I'm pulling up the election campaigns because you brought up the, the um, their platforms. Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing anything that's sticking out. Okay. I think it's generally, you know, just keep it the same as it's yeah. always been. Yeah, like the same um, try to get rid of the bus pass. They always talk about that. Um, uh, decreased student fees, again, never happens, but they always talk about it. Um, what's another one? There's quite a few. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to ask is, um, you know how we there was that Ryerson scandal a couple years ago, right? Do you think that the UTMSU is close to that level? Like, do you think that kind of thing could happen to us? Well, the like just with their behavior, like they're not transparent. As we've talked, as we spoke about in the first episode, money goes missing. Their audits don't come back clean. Like how far are we from this? The Ryerson thing happened because of lack of transparency. People didn't know what was happening. You know, you're supposed to, they're supposed to be representing you and with your money. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of organizations and unions, they need to be completely transparent. You need to know where every single cent is going. And that's not particularly the case. Yes, they do release some reports, but they're very general mm -hmm. and you can't really see where everything is. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know these people personally, so I can't say if they're capable of doing anything like that. However, if someone wanted to, to do that at UTMSU, something similar to what happened at Ryerson, I think they could do it. I think it's it's possible. Especially the biggest problem. Yeah, go. go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think the biggest problem definitely is the fact that there's opportunity. And that makes it so much easier. Yeah. Especially this year, like we were talking about this in the first episode, they're writing off things like snacks for like an online Zoom meeting. And it's like Honey, like online Zoom meeting. Yeah, dude, isn't that what you we said that they have like snack <laughs> fees for <laughs> online meetings? No, I know uh, they have snack fees. I know they had a couple hundred dollars assigned for snacks last year. I went to the meeting, no snacks. Well, that's why they're probably doing the same for their Zoom meetings. Like snacks for whoever they the have a budget. <laughs> You have an online cookie. <laughs> yeah, literally a virtual cookie for 200 bucks for meeting. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know who to credit in these situations. Like, yes, by the way, to everyone listening, please go to the medium.ca today and read the article with Transparent UTMSCO to just get the full story. Uh, Vera, did you write it? Or was it one of your writers? Yeah, okay, there you go. So look for Vera's name. But um, I don't know who to credit for these things. And I don't know, 
kind of where it's going because yes, a reputation is tarnished and we, you know, people are going to be hesitant about elections in the future. Does that mean they're going to go vote against them? Probably not. That's just going to mean they're not going to vote at all. Right. And the other thing, wasn't their reputation tarnished in the first place? Like who has ever thought about the UTMSU as being this big, grand, amazing thing that's going to support us? Nothing. Because throughout history of the school and generally from what I've heard, any university, nothing ever gets done. Like nothing's been done. It's not like, oh, in, in 2010, you know, this happened. No, like there are little things. Like I do appreciate the sanitary things that they put into the bathrooms. And like, there's little things that they do from time to time. That's like, okay, great. But like but with the money they have, I feel like they a lot could do more so much more. They have, I think around a million dollars of yes, budget specifically to accessibility. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. I don't think I'm seeing the, mm -hmm. you know, what you would expect from a million dollars. Yep. And also I wanted to mention that um, I am part, I'm starting, I'm starting, I'm like on the exec team, I guess, of a club that's just starting. And it's very hard for new clubs to get funding. Um, there is very little trust and there's very little communication. So we've been trying to get approved for a while. We've been trying to get funding. You have to submit a bunch of sheets. You have to submit a bunch of paperwork. And it's like, this is a club run by students with the best intentions. And we are not getting anything back. Like we're not getting any communication. We're not getting any funding. And like the UTMSU is supposed to support these organizations, right? Um, and it's just like, there's so much that could be done, even just the little things. Like if you can't do it yourself, at least let others do it. Just give them a little bit of funding or a little bit of support or a platform or something, right? Yes. I will say to that point, I do have a friend that's running a club as well this year. And she's actually been complaining about how she's still waiting on a check from the UTMSU since September. And they still haven't gotten back to her. And the, it's basically the end of the year now. And for a long time, like they just sometimes ghost emails or they claim that emails have gone missing um, and they just don't get any communication back. It's a real problem for clubs to try and navigate the UTMSU because they it feels like they're just passing them on to like other members. And it's a never ending chain where you just keep going around and around. Yeah, you don't get a so response. I guess yeah, until you give up or something, I guess. And like, it actually reminds me that even of a point that Transparent UTMSU made, even before these clubs are officially clubs, they need that, uh, they need the approval of UTMSU to be official. Yeah. yeah. And so apparently multiple club executives reached out to Transparent UTMSU saying that they feel pressured to endorse certain members during elections and you know post their advertisements and campaigns because they have so much power over them yeah and like the utmsu does not not only do they not provide financial or like even verbal support they don't advertise clubs a lot of clubs go unheard of and they have to do all this advertisement for their own but on the other end of the spectrum clubs are forced or pressured to advertise for the UTMSU. So like you think that there's this opportunity to create a two-way interaction, a win-win situation, but the 
the scale is completely off. Yes, Sarah, go. Their due diligence to advertise clubs. If you ever get like the agenda, like oh, yeah, yeah. the second last page or something, <laughs> the second last page, and it's like the smallest writing, <laughs> they just list all the clubs. That's <laughs> yeah. There's like That's one page dedicated to a wax clinic, but like one page for all the clubs. Yeah. Oh, so they like, yeah, they wait, wait. Try to fit as many of them on a single page as possible. But you I have this year's planner. MSU. It's a new challenge. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I wait. How where is the clubs page? page? How much ink can you save? <laughs> wait. Continue. Continue. I'm gonna find the clubs page. Oh my god, wait, and then I have I a will really say though, point. it's like very yes. sad because we continue to complain about how student life at UTM is so dead and how like it doesn't feel like there's actually, I don't know, a real community uh, or like a big community sense on campus. And I think like genuinely a big part of what's killing it is the fact that like our clubs and stuff are not able to thrive because of all of this bureaucracy and miscommunication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like they do the they do the one fair at the start of the year, which I'm pretty sure they weren't even able to set up this year virtually. Like, is it that hard? Um, and then that's it. That's all you get. Just get one shot in the year. I never really understood why they were so uh, defensive when it came to, you know, these uh, requests made by students to be more transparent and, you know, just communicate more because, you know, they're, we're not accusing them specifically of anything besides the previous accusations I mentioned. Um, but we just want them to be transparent so that accusations can't be made. So we can trust them. If they have nothing to hide, if they are as exactly. well-intentioned and honest as they say they are, what's, what's, what's wrong with just being transparent and publishing the documents that you already should be publishing in the first place? not doing anything wrong there should be nothing to hide exactly mm -hmm. so yeah just looking through this year's planner there isn't even a list of clubs they really downgraded oh, it just okay. says utmsu the <laughs> utmsu recognizes over 100 clubs every year and provides funding and support so that these groups can host events run campaigns and provide services for their respective members no you don't stop lying i wonder how many clubs have like basically died this year because they haven't been able to get support um yeah. I mean, because there's a lot that of is clubs a genuine at UTM. Issue. There's clubs for everyone. But the thing is, you know, they have their Instagram page, but how many UTM students don't have Instagram, right? Or don't have social media or don't have the ability to communicate in that way, right? And there's no account to that. So I want to mention one more thing. And this is kind of what touches me personally, because um, so, okay. Mitra, I'm just going to say her name because I really don't mind at this point because I think this is kind of speaks to her character. If you want to know who your representative is, this is her. So throughout the year, um, I think this was also mentioned by uh, Transparent UTMSU, but throughout the year, if a student requests to follow her on Instagram, for example, she will either accept the request and not follow back or just like not respond at all. Um, she's also horrible with emails. Um, we can all account to that because we've all tried to interview her with ver for various things and she just is very, very bad at responding considering that's her only job. Um, and as soon as the elections began, students started noticing that she was very quickly accepting following requests. She was following back. She was messaging back. She was emailing back. And she was finally, you know, 
um, setting up that two-way communication between her and the students she's per se representing. So if that doesn't speak to her character, then I don't know what does. Because to me, if you're that low and you think so highly of yourself, how can you be empathetic or representative of hundreds, thousands of students? Period. That's all I have to say. Like, I literally, that's like, exactly, mic drop. I don't care. <laughs> if your head is so far up your ass that you can't just have a conversation, respond to an email, follow someone back that goes to your school that you're representing that perhaps wants to support you and wants to hear your ideas. And you only do that when it matters to you. Like, like what? And I've had that experience personally because the, um, like the podcast account on Instagram, right? I try to follow all the clubs just to keep up in case I see something interesting. I follow the UTMSU, I follow UTM, Mississauga, whatever. And the, I think I followed her back in like September, like when we started the account and she accepted my request during election period. Like girly, you're not Kylie Jenner. <laughs> Like you can think you are, but you're not. So that's my point. Now, before we end off, does Vera, do you have anything to add? Any of you have anything to add? I was just thinking uh, how UTMSU is supposed to be this, you know, union that represents us all and is there for the clubs. But I, for the past three years, have felt like UTMSU is its own club, like this <laughs> exclusive club that um you know if you get in you have this streamlined career for the next 10 years mm -hmm. um and if you aren't in another club it's just they have this power over you and you just want we for example as the medium we are separate so they're not we're not under them but nope. so we have the power to hold them accountable but they're making it really hard by not you know giving any information yeah and um, what was I was gonna say something. Oh, I also want to mention an experience that we had. And like generally, I don't mind talking about these things, but in the summer, um, some of us, I think all of us, came to campus at one point or another to go to the medium office and just kind of get some work done, or we were doing a couple of video series that we were working on on campus. And they were preparing for their frosh week that never really occurred, you know, never happened. Um, and no one ever got their money back. <laughs> but you know, that's the thing for something for another time. All right, maybe they did they get their money back? Vera, do you remember? Because I know a lot of people are complaining. Maybe they did, but like months later. Didn't they say um, that some things were like non-refundable or something? Yeah, like yeah. Some of the said? events were non-refundable. Yeah. Anyways. I remember the word refund going around, but I don't mm -hmm. remember a lot of people saying, oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, there you go. So we were working in the office. And by the way, for those that don't know, the medium office is in the UTMSU. It's on the top floor. Again, the medium is not associated with the UTMSU or the university. Actually, we're just like the voice of the students. So we're our own thing although you do pay fees to read the paper so please read it but you know so we were working and like you know our walls aren't made of concrete they're made like of glass they're, they're, they're made, made of glass, glass. <laughs> they're literally like made actual of glass, glass. <laughs> there's a window <laughs> like our whole wall is just a window um and they were this is like august by the way this year like this past summer they were preparing their wonderful colorful signs for their frosh week 
blasting music, not wearing masks, not social distancing. And by blasting music, I mean like our glass window was like plastic at that point. Like we could hear everything. And we did ask them multiple times to turn it down. Like literally every day we would go down after like an hour of like our eardrums falling apart. It'd be like, excuse me, like you had enough, please turn it off or like turn it down. Um, and it was just like one of another frustrating experience. So the point is it's frustrating experience after frustrating experience. And like, it's hard to see an end to it, but I, I encourage, say, our, yes, go. No, especially like the hard to see an end to it too. It's like, part of it is also just kind of how the system is set up. Cause mm-hmm. there's so much turnover every year. Right. And students are not necessarily a demographic that have a lot of free time to allocate to like keeping their union in check yeah it's you know you're trying your best to anyway like finish your studies and like probably do all these other things you have to do and like keep up with Mm -hmm. stuff so it's really hard um just as a student body to also kind of have to deal with that and that's why I think like so many things it's just a pattern after pattern over years but none of it gets addressed because gen like genuinely uh, students are just not the demographic to deal with that yeah and even at the medium like as much as Vera tries like she has like other stories to cover every week and as well like the amount of effort that's required for Vera to get any type of information out of them to get an interview let alone is like it's insane like it's just too much for us to keep up and I think next year there's a point in kind of really setting up a person, like a certain writer that can follow the trail and get us somewhere. And what I encourage our listeners to do is you pay for this non-transparency. You're putting money into this behavior. So make sure that you know what's going on. We just scratched the surface here. Like perhaps some of the things we said aren't even relevant to the big, big picture, right? And there's just so much that can be read and discovered and even if you just go on their website and you look at all of their like promises it takes like a minute to realize that none of this is actually happening there's no active plan to put any of these ideas into fruition there's absolutely nothing there like nada so it's like last year looking at their I was reporting on what they've accomplished in the past year (laughs) and I went on their page for victories but it wasn't it wasn't very a reliable source because it was a list of victories that they've accomplished in ever, like for like in the past, however many years they've existed. It's not because if they did do it year by year, it'd be like one bullet point each. Mm-hmm. So they can't mm-hmm. do that. They just compile it in one, which for mm-hmm. the amount of money and the amount of students giving that money, that should not be the case. And that's wildly misleading. Like we can decipher that. We can see that that's over time because we've yeah, been because following we've done them. The exactly. And we've also like been keeping somewhat on track and on top of everything, but this is so much for me. This is so much for anyone to swallow. Like it's a lot. I will, yeah. And I just like, even back to like my original point, while it is maybe kind of a system issue, it's so much easier if more people were aware of it Mm -hmm. because rather than having most of the student body oblivious and just continue to chuck money at this one institution that doesn't work, it would be so much easier if people at least started having some kind of interest in at least what happens. 
like not even action but just more awareness is the first step i think like i I see a bunch of students in like interested in student Mm -hmm. politics and not utmsu tm you know it's just separate from that because utmsu has this group that they keep selecting like they Mm -hmm. keep coming up with slates but outside of that we don't have anyone who's interested to run maybe one or two people every year if we had one group of people that are interested and motivated and want to get into student politics separate from the UTMSU, I feel like that would be a fair election and we haven't seen that yet. Mm-mm. That's and I the really problem hope, with every democracy, yeah. isn't it? Well, yeah, and also- need, like, I need factions. Exactly, and I really hope that like the 93% of people that are in voting, like myself, I'm so sorry, and Vera, and I don't know, Sarah, did you vote? I know Julia voted. I think that's the only person that we know that voted, but- <laughs> Of the 93% of people that aren't voting, if you're showing signs of frustrations, like do something about it. You know, like not, I'm not saying run for, to be that position. Cause it, I guess it is a lot of work if no one's running, but like, think about, think about it. Like, just think about it. And it's great that there's people like transparent UTM SU. And I spoke to one of their reps directly yesterday. We were sending voice notes back and forth and I was really enjoying the conversation. And it's like, he was like, this is so cool. Like I've just been like down this rabbit hole and I feel like I'm on a deep dark web. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, I'm glad that you're enjoying this, but like, you do you realize that this is huge, right? And it's like, uh, like it's hard to translate what we're trying to say here other than just tune into the little things and don't just be like, they're shit or they're not shit. Cause there's so much more nuance to like- Or that the they process. don't matter. Yeah. Because they, they do. do, they do have an impact on your student life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I'm from Turkey. I know when elections are meaningless, like you could vote, <laughs> won't make a difference. It's weird seeing that in Canada, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Girl, same. <laughs> All the Middle East people it's say, I. dictatorship in there, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but again, though, it goes back to what Ali said at the start, where, you know, what if there is that, and in- no, there definitely is that in- infiltration of the federation of students the cfs right like there is that connection there and it's like you can't break you can't um dissociate the utmsu without breaking that connection which is impossible because that's millions of dollars not billions of dollars in there and it's like yeah that's why i said it's a streamlined career to go into utmsu you become an executive you become the president you go to cfs work there for a couple years come back to utmsu Mm -hmm. as a executive director like as a staff hire Mm -hmm. and that's That's the perfect industry it's the perfect industry because your entire like the, the people that you're supposed to be representing don't even have the time to care right so it's like you can get away with so much we're complacent we're complacent because we don't have time to look into these things because we just we go to these universities we go to school and we just hope thousands of dollars in tuition every single person every the amount of money in this industry is crazy but it's not supposed to be an industry though that's the point students pay five dollars to the medium each year as of this year last year was three anyways and I feel like we do so much more than the UTMSU for which you pay over $400. Actually, I think it's more. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. Just look at Acorn. You will. You can literally see what you're paying for. And it's like, in the and it's not even to be superior, is it? 
No. Like it's just genuine fact. Every single yeah. week we print a paper yeah. and there's articles in there that has been edited and worked on for like hours a week. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, you were saying something? No, I was just going to say that I think you mentioned the first episode that we kind of no longer pay UTSU fees. At least. Right? It all goes now to UTMSU. So yeah. Oh, we still pay the for, same amount. Yeah. We pay the yeah, same, so amount, it's same but, amount. But now UTMSU gets more of it. Do you remember that, Vera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where it, the million it, dollar to accessibility comes from. We used to give that to the UTSU. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, since we're online now, we should see online accessibility. Not seeing that mm -hmm. either, which is a lot easier than construction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially during this way, pandemic. Oh my yes. god. By the way, go listen to the first part. We talked about all this tea. Spilled some more about their how much money they make. So um, that was, I think, the third episode or the fourth. Okay. I think we should wrap up because I'm getting frustrated. Like I, I like my blood is boiling. Like I could just punch my computer at this point. Um, I just want to say thank you for coming. Final episode. This feels strange. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it. Did we enjoy it? I every time we talk about this, I know we all get so like ticked off. It's like talking about a conspiracy theory, like from a show, but then you remember it's real, and then you get mad. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, especially so, since they're taking your money. Yeah, I I'm exactly. paying for it. Exactly. I'm paying so to be I, ripped off, guys. <laughs> I deserve my anger. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everyone that's tuned in this year. Um, thank Woo. you to all of my guests, not only you guys, but everyone that's been on. It's been a great 25 episodes. Kind of crazy. I don't know. I'm proud of me for 25. We did great. I'm proud um, of you. I'm proud thank of you. Anyways, I wish everyone a great summer and we'll see you in September. No matter what, we'll see you in September.